0: Everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Chief Brief, the podcast where I share a few completely biased opinions from the complicated love life that I lead as a fan of the one and only Kansas City Chiefs. I'm your host, Jared McInnes, and the reason we're starting this podcast a third of the way into the season is because if my pregnant wife had to listen to me yell about these games anymore, she was going to name the baby Tom Brady. Surely Kira must care about that, right? I mean, it's all anyone can talk about lately. Well, unfortunately, uh, whereas I feel that the two greatest works of art in the last 50 years are 1989 and Andy Reid's playbook, uh, Kira could care less about either of these things. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. So without further ado, let's get into the Blitz. Let's go! So this is a 30-second segment where I'll give my takeaways post-game that week on the game that was played. Uh, However, seeing as how we have six under our belt, let's extend it to three minutes today. Week one. The Chiefs play the Detroit Lions, and by the end of the game, I am suicidal. Don't kill yourself. I might. Don't kill yourself. However, in week six now, it feels a little better. The Lions are five and one. And for the first time in a long time, they feel like an actual football team and not the Detroit Lions. Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey missing doesn't help. Especially when Kadarius Stoney forgets how to catch a football. Literally the only thing we pay him to do. Week 2, 17-9 Jaguars, Chiefs win. And again, we're without a clear-cut wide receiver number one. Travis Kelsey's double-covered the whole game. Can't say, can't say one word. Even the guy who can't think says something, you guys just stand there. Come on! Like nine guys catch a bunch of balls for 30 yards. Sky Moore ends up with like one reception that's really long. It looks good on a game sheet. But other than that, we don't have anything. We're one Travis Kelsey injury away from losing this football game. Chris Jones steps up with one and a half sacks and a new contract that says, I won't see you guys next year. And Kelsey gets his touchdown. Week three, the Bears are who we thought they were. Nuff said 41-10 Chiefs. Welcome to New York is one of the best first song mood setters in album history. Second only to who's next, Bob O'Reilly. Or Teenage Wasteland, if you want to keep it casual. And keeping it casual is what the Chiefs did in this game. And I think that's just the Jets effect. You're very aware you're playing the New York Jets. You come out flat. And the offense showed that. Mahomes threw some very atypical interceptions for him to wide open defenders. And the offense, led by Zach Wilson, looking like the winner of the game, got to date Aaron Rodgers' mom. a weak sauce call on sauce gardner pretty much sealed this one for the chiefs and even as a fan i gotta say it was a pretty bad call week five the chiefs defense that's been good all year looks like the defense of old they get nothing but turnovers which i like but are more luck dependent Uh, they make zero stands they don't really hold their field position well Uh, the offense comes out flying uh travis kelsey gets hurt And then all of a sudden, it falls flat until he comes back, scores a touchdown, and they look great again, showing that we have zero wide receivers, we have one option for the best quarterback in the league. Enough said. Which brings us to week six. Thank God for Harrison Butker. Thank God he wasn't doing high knees on the plane on the way to this game. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country let's run because he needed to use his legs for four field goals 150 yarder 160 yarder which is pretty typical for playing Denver right until you remember this game was in Arrowhead this was not in Mile High and the offense was completely bailed out by the best kicker in the league not named Justin Tucker and probably the most underrated player on our team I don't know how to put this but I'm kind of a big deal And so here we are in week seven, and I think the Chiefs are pretty much where you'd expect them to be, tied in first place in the NFL with the aforementioned Detroit Lions, who look pretty formidable, Uh, two teams who would love to play us in a Super Bowl grudge match in the Eagles and 49ers, and of course, public enemy number one, Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins. And honestly, at this point, I kind of wish the team was four and two. Okay. Stupid. I know. Hot take. Probably the dumbest thing I'll say all year. But give me a chance to justify it in this week's top five. The top five reasons I wish this team was 4-2. Reason number one. Honestly, I think the team just needs a fire lit under them. At this point, sure, we've only lost one game, and it was to a good team. Again, the Detroit Lions. But what about the rest of the schedule? The Jets? The Vikings, the Bears, and the Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos! We've only won one of those games by more than single digits. And it's the Bears. You expect to win that game by 30 points. The Bears are who we thought they were! And I think they need some motivation. I think we're resting on our laurels right now. And we're 5-1, and one, but we realistically could be 3-2 and two, or even 2-3. and three. I think the team needs a little kick, and I think the front office does as well, because honestly, and I've said it a thousand times today, our wide receiver core is not where it should be, and without Travis Kelsey, it's still a good football team, but they don't have that greatest show-on-earth feel anymore, which is why a lot of people fell in love with these Chiefs to begin with. Reason number two. Reason number two is my buddy Nick. He's a pretty diehard Broncos fan. And uh, because of that, he's the only guy in our work pool that took the Broncos this week because he had a feeling about them. You can't see my air quotes, but I'm sure you can hear them. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, I thought the generals were due! Uh, And honestly, I remember those days. I once had to send out a Christmas card of me and my dog in Tim Tebow jerseys because I had a feeling about Alex Smith. My God is an awesome guy. So I completely sympathize with the frustration and Stockholm syndrome of watching your team over and over again and loving them but hating them at the same time. Also, important to note that this week in fantasy, Nick picked up Russell Wilson on a flyer because he had a feeling. I'm honestly concerned he might have had a stroke. Reason number three pretty simple. The last two times the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, we started the season four and two. The last two times we started a season five and one, we lost heartbreaking playoff matches to the Tennessee Titans and to Tom Friggin Brady. Do you have a kiss for Daddy? Reason four, a little selfish here, but I would love Tyreek Hill to be in first place right now. I would love to listen to Tyreek trash talk Mahomes and trash talk how detrimental he was to his game and how better he is in Miami. And I'd love to stuff that in his face in Germany. I keep daydreaming about an AFC championship where Tyree Hill climbs into the crowd, grabs the Lamar Hunt trophy, and is about to hand it to his mother when Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs take it out from under her. Leave the mothers out of this, all right? And reason number five is because we're still the team with a target on our back. We are the team to beat in this league. And honestly, if we'd lost that game to the Broncos, it lights that fire that I talked about earlier. We come out flying and we probably beat Los Angeles this week. But the way I see it, I think Justin Herbert's going to completely catch us off guard. We're going to be horribly surprised and we're still going to end up five and two. And at the end of the day, I'd much rather have the divisional tiebreaker against the Chargers. Do I actually want to be 4-2? No, that's crazy. But as you can see, I'm a little disappointed in how they're playing, which is crazy to say at 5-1. and one. But that's how good this team is. This is not the team that they have been in the past. They're not must-watch TV right now. And I think they can get back to being that way. And on that note, let's get into some Arrow headlines. Earlier in the week, team physicians told us that Justin Watson's elbow was dislocated. Then it was just a bruise. Then he was maybe coming back and now this week he's out. It is just a contusion, which is a fancy word for a bruise, but we're missing our number two yardage receiver, which is a sentence crazy to say out loud. Justin Watson is our number two wide receiver. I like J-dubs, but honestly, I think we have better options, and I'll get into that later. The Chiefs get back defensive lineman Charles Amani, who's done serving a six-game suspension, and who in preseason was actually rated the 36th overall free agent. Which is kind of cool because then if you were to treat the NFL like a fantasy dynasty league and the free agency pool, he actually would have been like a third round pick. And finally, the Chiefs waive their kick and punt returner, Montreal Washington, to make room for the newly reacquired McCole Hardman. A move I'm incredibly stoked about and today's focus for our big red rant. So let's talk Jet. No, not Jet McKinnon. A new Jet. Well, an old Jet. Let's call it a refurbished Jet. 25 year old McCole Hardman is once again a member of your Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of fans right now are thinking, so who cares? We have this guy. And I'm thinking, yeah, we have this guy. And I don't know why the hell we let him go. Last year in November, McCole Hardman was shut down for the season with lag numbness. But before this, he was displaying a skill set that only a handful of players in football are doing right now. Debo Samuel of the 49ers, Rondell Moore of the Arizona Cardinals, and Elijah Moore, first for the Jets, who forgot how to use him, and now with the Cleveland Browns. And the Jets did the same thing with McColl, and I hope to God that Andy Reid remembers this guy's value. In the last four games before he got hurt last year, he had six touchdowns. Three receiving and three rushing. That is a legitimate two way threat. In Hardman's first season as a Chief, he dropped eight balls. And I get it. It's bad. It painted a bad picture on him. And I think Mahomes lost a little trust. But in the last two years, he's displayed a catch percentage 10% higher than the NFL average and higher than Justin Jefferson. And yes, I get that JJ is playing against the number one shutdown corner. And McColl isn't, but 10% above league average? Come on. If you want to talk about isolated statistics, in his last two seasons, he's dropped three footballs. Three. He drops one ball every 30 receptions. JJ drops one every 22. His career returns per punt would finish third this season alone. It's at 12. Montreal, Washington was the 23rd overall punt returner this year we get an automatic upgrade to a huge special teams position. And get this, here's Patrick Mahomes' quarterback rating when targeting him and Tyreek Hill in the four years they played together. Tyreek, 113. McColl, 146. Tyreek, 129. McColl, 116. Tyreek, 103, McColl, 99, and in their final season together, Tyreek Hill, 101, McColl Hardman, 139. Mahomes has zero reason to not trust this guy. He makes him better. Don't get me wrong. Rasheed Rice is our number one wide receiver, and I'm crazy excited about this guy. His stats jump off the page, and he's only going to get better. But McColl as our number two, Not only creates a legitimate deep threat and takes the pressure off Kelsey, but also imagine the red zone offense. Right now, Jet McKinnon comes out and stands in the backfield and everyone on both sides of the field and in the stadium knows this is a passing play. But McColl lines up on the outside and Pacheco's in the backfield. You have no idea how to play that. Are we going to run it right up the middle with Forrest Gump legs? Or are we going to have an end around to McColl who might be the fastest player on the field? That is the Chiefs offense that I have been missing. And that is the Chiefs offense that we all want to see again. I'm sorry, I don't know what just happened. A very unusual series of moves just made the ball go in so I'll end this podcast the way I plan on ending every podcast with Taylor Swift's favorite number and every Chiefs fan. It's time for the drive. Put 13 seconds on the clock. Ready? How to beat the Chargers. Offense. Get running backs involved in the game. Jet McKinnon. Use him this game. This is the time. Stay away from Khalil Mack. Stay away from Joey Bosa. Defense. Stop the deep ball. Don't let Quinton Johnston become the new Keenan Allen. And that's it. My final prediction, however, Chargers 28, Chiefs 21. Well, here's hoping I'm wrong, and here's hoping you're here for the apology next week. Everybody, have a good night. Hey, how about those Chiefs?